Alright! Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bonus creature report episode! That's right! Facts! It's time, um... It's time to read some creature reports in the Piclopedia. In the Copad. So, um... Captain Charlie has... Uh, a backlog of 10 creatures to read about. And then after that we have 11 creatures which are totally new to all three captains. Um, so here's how it's going to go. I'm going to start uh, Captain Charlie's back catalogue and read these 10 uh, creature descriptions. And then we're going to get into the new creatures and I'm just going to read them like Alf's report, Brittany's report, Charlie's report. Uh... And then move on to the next creature and do Alf's, Britney's, Charlie's. So we're going to go all the way back to the female shear grub, which now we have Charlie's report on. The female shear grub was the little, uh, the very first thing that we encountered. A little. Uh, it takes no time for them to. This is Alf's report on it. It takes no time for them at all to emerge from their hiding places underground, and they don't do much once they've surfaced. So it's like the little bug which which pops out of the ground. And Charlie says, "Ah." Oh. The ability to hide underground and burst up to the surface whenever someone comes near and then retreat to recover again just isn't fair. There'd be fearsome ambushes if they ever, you know, attacked. He says, alright, next one. The white spectralids. These are the butterflies. Charlie says, ah, oh, it's a flighty one in both senses of the word. But even if it would stay still, I don't have the heart to unleash my steely fists on that poor being. Because it's a beautiful butterfly, you see. It's a flighty one in both senses of the world. word. Okay, the dwarf bulborb, little red spotty, red bulborb with white spots. Ah, uh, they say to pick on someone your own size, and for these creatures, that's us. Someday, it'll grow to be as big and bloodthirsty as its adult relatives. Why does everything have to get meaner as it ages? Why can't it get cuter? Asks Charlie. Uh, fun fact, uh, we're going to learn when we unlock Olimar's reports. Olimar is like a real... He's, he's not an engineer, he's not a botanist, he's not a tactician like Captain Charlie. He is basically a, a, a natural historian, like an amateur natural historian, like a goddamn... whatever that scientist was in the Aubrey, Jack Aubrey, Master and Commander books. It's just like, yeah, I guess I'm a scientist, so I live on a boat. I'm going to go around to all these Galapagos Islands and write about all the finches and the tortoises and have theories about evolution in the Jack Aubrey books. Uh, just sort of like making up the science as you go kind of thing. I mean, that's not true. That's There's a great history of knowledge which those natural historians were drawing on on their boat journeys to new, new, new areas of the world to discover new creatures. Discover is... Uh, politically messed up thing to say in that context. Uh, anyway, Captain Charlie. Hey, the Bulborb. Ah, oh, this red bruiser gobbles up Pikmin like candy. The standard approach is to attack from behind while it's still asleep. That may seem callous, but it would do the same to you if it could. Stow those feelings and strike. The Medusal Slurker. This is the, the jellyfish with the, the dangly thing that swing in the back of its throat. Ah, oh, this cowardly blob holds Pikmin hostage within its own body. Its fatal mistake is not sucking up every last one of my troops. The last survivors are that much thirstier for revenge, says Charlie. He's a pretty intense guy, I guess. The Scudderchuck, which is the sort of cockroach bug which throws crystal balls around. 
Ah, they're like walking catapults, the way they hoist those, hoist those crystals and launch them as if they were mere pebbles. A crafty adversary might lure them into launching the stones at each other, or even themselves. An adversary like me. <laughs> the Fiery Blowhog, an iconic enemy, needs no introduction. Be careful or this one will cook your goose. I don't know whether that's a nose or a mouth shooting these flames, and I don't care. What's important is that me and my crew are long gone when the fire hits. The Armoured Mordad, the first boss. I'm so proud of my crew for managing to take this beast down without me. It's especially impressive because they did it without my combat training or steely fists. It's good to know that I set such an example for them to live up to, says Charlie. The Yellow Wally Hop, the iconic frog enemy. I don't understand how it manages to hang in the air at the height of its jumps, but I don't have to understand. I just have to get out of the way, and its weird hang time helps a lot with that. Let that be a lesson. Don't stand around gawking at a creature's weird attack moves. Do something about it, says Charlie. The Skitterleaf, the little helpless green uh, camouflage leaf. It's totally harmless, but sometimes there is a reason to defeat one. When that happens, the best we can do is to be merciful and land one solid strike on its back, the poor thing. The Joust Mite, which is the one that uh, buries itself under a shell underground. It looks a little bit like a face and then it pops up and it skewers your Pikmin with its, with its, with its pointy spear mouth part. Ah, this greenish-blue beasties came prepared with a solid offense and defense. There's not so much plating at the back, but that doesn't matter if you never plan to show the enemy your back. I salute its courage. The Pyroclasmic Slooch. It's tough to beat a defense made entirely out of scorching flames. If you don't take it seriously, it'll be way too hot to handle. Fortunately, I'm just hot-blooded enough to take it on, so long as Brittany doesn't give me that icy stare, says Charlie. The Swooping Snitchbug. Um... Have we got the comments on this? Yeah, we have. Alf says, It's well built to do what it does, which is to capture wandering Pikmin and slam it into the ground. But why does it do that? Form without function is not good design at all. And Charlie says, I could go into my strategy for taking out these things, but hey, why bother? They're a nuisance, not a threat. Plucking buried Pikmin is relaxing activity. That gives me time to consider how to tackle critters that can do serious damage. Where are we up to? Oh! Hey! Uh, that's funny. Okay, so the Swooping Snitchbug, the Pyroclastic Slooch, and the Joust Mite, they were all creatures who I'd read the report of previously, but they were here in my Piclopedia as being new. So I must have, I must have read them at the end of Episode 4, and not obviously not saved my progress, and it didn't save the... It just said new, like, yeah. Okay, so cool. So now... We're into one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight new enemies which we haven't read about. Uh, quick bathroom break. Alright, let's get back into it. Sure, so the next new creature. It is the Whip Tongue Bulborb. This is the white... Bulborb with black, little black spots. Uh, quite a dark brown snoot, which ends in, uh, yeah, a snoot. It's a snoot. It's not a, it's not a big mouth like a normal spotty bulborb has. It's, it's a snoot, like a, you know, uh, like an aardvulf, 
like a um, not an aardvolf. An aardvolf doesn't have a snoot. Like a like an like a anteater, or an aardvark, or whatever. <coughs> uh, yeah, big bulging eyes, really cute. A good a good creature. I like it a lot. Once again, I'd pay stupid money to own something like this in uh, plush form. So, Alf says, Structural floor, eyeballs, and back. Weight 12. This model has a surprising feature. I'm very impressed at the speed with which it employs its long, flexible tongue. Though I'm also dismayed at its unnerving wakefulness and the, and the difficulty we seem to have sneaking past it. Alright, I think we've read this. I think we've actually already read this. But whatever. Brittany says, Not a fan of this one's style. Too plain, too beige, and too big. Where's the little version of this one? It's got to have one, right? Although, maybe not. After all, I don't have a little version of myself. Yeah, good point, Brittany. Yeah, we have actually read this. Wow, there's way less creatures to read about than I thought. But, whatever. You hit play on the bonus episode, so just get it get it in here. Charlie says, Oh, that long tongue isn't just a sensory organ, it's a deadly weapon. It uses that thing like a pro. I tried some exercise t exercises to see if I could get my tongue to do that, but I kept on biting it by accident. Always in the same place, too, and I really hate that. <laughs> Good one, Charlie. That's great. The Arctic Cannon Lava. We've already read Alf's and Brittany's report. But in for a penny, in for a pound. Alf says, structural flaw, weak hides, no bulls are an intriguing, non-lethal weapon. I'm in love with a design that actively keeps predators away without overdoing it. Full marks. Brittany says, when I saw this one spitting snowballs and sending Pikmin rolling, I thought it looked like a good time. So I walked right into it, into its line of fire, waving my arms to catch its attention. And I waited for the fun to start, but all I got was dizzy. Charlie says... They're more annoying than dangerous, but if you want to avoid the pushback from their rolling snowballs, it's just a matter of fancy footwork. Float like a skitter leaf and sting like a scornet, says Charlie. Charlie, you don't know what a scornet is. We haven't encountered a scornet yet. Jeez. Okay, the Fossbat. So this is a this is the little the little larval Fossbat. Uh, this is like the little baby which gets spat out of the um, out of the barnacles. And as soon as you light up the area, they just turn to dust. Alf says, uh, the Fossbat. Structural flaw, photosensitivity, weight unknown. I've never seen a substance that completely dissipates under bright light before. Is it because it's a newborn and not yet fully formed? The front legs and wings are still a work in progress, but they make up for that with numbers. If you ever see something in a dark cave that looks like an egg, my advice is destroy it while you still can, says Alf. Brittany says, They're so cute when they're young. How can you say no to those little chirpy no noises and big wet eyes? It's a shame they grow into something so awful. Makes me wonder what the captain was like in his youth. Alright, good one. Okay, what does Charlie have to say? Oh, this timid little guy was the first wild creature that I met on this planet. I can't blame him for being scared, though. I freaked out a little when I saw those glowing mushrooms, too. Oh, wait, no, I forget that. How do you er <laughs> Oh wait, no, forget that. How do you erase stuff on these reports, says Charlie. Alright. The Fossbat Pod, which is the barnacle itself. Alf says, structural flaw, light sensitivity, weight unknown. I have so many questions. Where does it get the resources to manufacture all of the tiny models? And why does light cause it to stop working? I've heard of solar power ma machines, but this one seems to be solar powerless. Good one, Alf. Brittany says, Try to break the egg and the, ad the adult fosbat will come screeching right at you. 
As ugly and mean as it is, it does care about its little ones, so you can't call it all bad. Charlie says, Ah, oh, the downside of these things is that they never stop pumping out nasty critters, but the upside is that if you stand next to one long enough, you can get some good combat training in. I'd take one home to generate sparring partners, but they stop working as soon as the light hits them. The Veermoth Fosbat itself. Alf's report. Structural flaw, light sensitivity, weight 15. It uses some powerful suction mechanism to vacuum up its prey, but what interests me is how it's nearly invisible in the dark. If I could replicate the effect, it could be a, it could be huge for stealth systems on our ship. I would also love to figure out how the captain managed to survive inside this creature for so long without food or water, but that's more of a biological problem, not my field at all. Brittany says, It looks mean, but it's not so tough in the light. Why do you think it moves so slowly? Did it get indigestion from trying to eat the captain or something? Charlie says, This is the thing that swallowed me. It may play dirty, but I respect its willingness to use any trick in the book to win. I would accept a rematch any time. It was more comfy in its stomach than I expected, but I'm still glad my team pulled me out when they did. I owe them a round of juice when we get back to Kapai. Alright, next critter, the bearded amp rat. Very cute, very cute indeed. Alf's report. Structural flaw, the soft hide. Weight, 7. Electricity generation is a useful trait in an animal. I'm not sure if this one can be domesticated, but think of all the useful applications if it could. At the very least, we could study it to see if we could reproduce the trick. Brittany says, With a few tweaks to its output, I bet this electric electricity generating properties... Its electricity generating properties could really open up my pores. I'll run the idea by Alf and see what he thinks. I'm glad Alf and Brittany are good friends. That makes me happy. Charlie says, It looks cute and fuzzy, and that's how it springs its trap. Throw a few Pikmin on, thinking it's easy prey, and then it'll zap the life out of them. The best strategy is to take a squad of yellow Pikmin, and then it's you who will get the last laugh. The Shaggy Longlegs. So this was the big stomping boss that I fought. Structural flaw, it's central orb. So the shaggy long legs. Weight unknown. Alf says, Its fur insulates it not only from the elements, but also from attack. To strip away the hair is a long process that requires you to dodge its crushing legs, but it's the only real way to get at the monster's vulnerable core. I haven't yet solved the problem of how it sees. For one thing, there's all of that hair in the way, and for another, I don't see any eyes at all. Brittany. The noise when this thing moves makes my ears hurt. It's only slightly louder than the captain tromping all over the ship. But I like the tufts of hair all over its legs. Looks soft and comfy. And I'm into shaggy style. And I'm into the shaggy style. Charlie says, Oh, talk about a tough nut to crack. It's too big to go down quickly. It stomps on Pikmin like bugs underfoot and its only weak spot is guarded by a thick nest of hair. We can get at it by ripping the hairs out one by one. But just the idea of doing that to something makes my own hair hurt a little bit. Um, yeah, I remind you that Charlie has like a mohawk and like cute little pencil moustache, like Porcaroso. Um, yeah, wow, his hair is actually relatively similar to Porco's when he's at Gina's restaurant and after he finishes his little private dinner with Gina where they have white wine and spaghetti and he goes and washes his face in the sink and looks in the mirror, you can see him with his glasses off for a second in the reflection and you see his head from the back and he looks out the window into the Adriatic night and hears the uh, the, um, the the 
the the drone of Donald Curtis's uh, Mackie engine, and he says that that American flyboy is going to be trouble, or whatever he says. Yeah, you can see his hair is a little bit similar to Charlie's. Charlie is kind of a kind of a porcarosso. It's just less charming. Is there an enemy after this that I can read about? The Baldy Longlegs. Interesting. So we now have two entries for longleg species. I guess the shaggy longlegs, once you pluck all the fur, turns into a baldy longlegs. That's interesting. It's like a double stage boss. But it gets me two entries. Wow, that's strange. Alf says, structural flaw, the central orb. Weight unknown. Did it lose its hair in a fight, or was it born bold? As ruthless and tough as it is, it also seems a little pathetic. Brittany says, I prefer its sleek look to the hairy one, which made me sweat just to look at. They could both stand to be cuter, though. Oh, what if it was covered in wool? That's a good... Yeah, that's a good thought, Brittany. Charlie says, They say that the best defense is a good offense, but getting rid of all its hair to focus entirely on stomping around might have been taking it a bit too far. Still, I can always respect a warrior willing to commit all the way. Is there another enemy? No, that's it. That's it. It's done. Yeah, great. So, well, that's it. That's the bonus episode all finished. Well done tuning into the bonus episode, everyone. The next bonus episode is going to be uh, when we, when we, when we unlock Louis' reports. I think, and Louis' reports is going to be a pretty fantastic bonus episode. We're going to go through the whole back catalogue of monsters, uh, creatures, animals, life forms, uh, and Louis going to give his report, which is a pretty special. A pretty special... It's going to be good. Alright. Um, great. See you later. Don't forget to get back to me on social media. Tell me if you want me to do the boring side missions. It's not boring. It's fun to play as... It's fun to play as Olimar and Louis, but it doesn't progress the plot that we are currently embroiled in. So actually, now that I think about it, maybe my... Uh, no. No. I don't know. Because I don't, I actually don't love the idea of finishing the story and then going back and doing the Olimar things. Maybe it is good to pepper them. But then here's the question. Do we alternate episodes and do a, a main story one, an Olimar one, a main story one, an Olimar one? Or do we do... We've done the main story up until now, just episode six or whatever. Um, the bonus episode of episode six, you know what I mean. And then we do all of Olimar's side missions with Louis. Yeah, I think that's the way to go. You know what? I think maybe I'll just ignore everybody's messages on social media and I'm just going to do all of Olimar's side missions starting in the next episode. And that's what will happen. And then we'll finish the finish the game in story mode and then there's another series of Olimar missions which is unlocked after you rescue him at the end of the game. Um, there'll be a big bonus episode where we get Olimar's reports on all the creatures and then we'll, we'll go into the, the, the Olimar's return missions. That's what we'll do. So, it's totally sorted. Don't bother talking to me. Just go about your businesses. And see you later, everyone. Goodbye.